Let's get Dr. Mark Siegel. He's been waiting on the song. You know, I... I <laughs> about I'm Biden saying that the biggest threat was white supremacy. Oh, my God. Do we have Dr. Mark Siegel on? Yeah, yeah, I'm here to replace clip 10. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. We're moving up, doctor. We're moving up. We got the normal, we got the normal gang. So we have the 5 o'clock gang has <laughs> taken right. over. This is the, Cats in the Morning. Yeah, we, we, we got the, five, the cats 5 o'clock gang has taken over Bernie and Sid spot. <laughs> this was a takeover by surprise. They never knew what happened. <laughs> this is because Sid Rosenberg is becoming a film star of gangster movies, and they should be going to Casamitini's for this. I think you look more like a gangster than him. Well, I, I think I'm going to buy a, a movie studio. What do you think? Yeah, then you yeah, can put right. yourself in the movies. There you that's go. Right. Sid is Jewish, and yet he plays all of the uh, Italian gangsters. Is that cultural appropriation? Should he be canceled for that? Well, I have to tell you, since I'm Jewish too, Lydia, I can reveal this without uh, being caused by, called bias, but I think there's a lot of Jews in the mafia. Sorry, guys. Yeah. And so Sid is just following in a long t tradition. Let's not forget Bugsy Siegel. I mean, he, he appropriated my name, and he did a lot of damage with it. Yeah, and Meyer Lansky, he and Luciano exactly. formed the modern-day mafia. Isn't that correct, Doctor? And who's the exactly. guy in Las Vegas? There's, there's yeah. Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy Siegel, right. And, and, and George, you were the FBI. How many of these guys you tracked down? I, don't, I can't talk about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, Jews control the money. Dr. Siegel, <laughs> they're talking about lifting Title 42 is a Trump-era policy, which would basically not allow certain migrants to come in based on health reasons. Yes, the ones that are going to vote Republican are not allowed to come <laughs> that's, in. That's the health reason. Exactly. If you come from Cuba because you might vote Republican, you're not allowed you come, in. If you come from... Uh, uh, Mexico or South right? No, or no, 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 no. Where we're fighting the war, Ukraine. Oh, yeah, you can't come because in. Because you hate communists, you're not allowed into the United so, States. Right. He, he, Biden would only allow 100,000 of them in the United States because he's afraid you're going to vote Republican. And, I, you know, I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I'm a middle-of-the-road person, and I can see the lies. I can see what's happening. So, Dr. Well, I, Siegel, are we going to see a spike now? And uh, this is an influx of migrants. Every time we open the borders, we see diseases, and they proliferate throughout the country. I agree with what's been said about public health inconsistency and that when you see it, you think politics. And one of the things that I wrote about this in the New York Post today with Robert Redfield, former head of CDC, which is, you know, how come we're opening the borders and not using F Title 42 anymore, even though the, the, the stations, the customer border protection stations are no better at surveillance, they're overcrowded. There's the same problems as before. But meanwhile, we're removing mask. We're not removing mask mandates on planes. So, in other words, you can't fly here legally into the United States without a mask. But you can waltz in illegally with no mask or anything through the southern border. It's crazy. That is the same CDC. So that's the inconsistency. Yeah, when we saw that. Um DeSantis, or no, it wasn't DeSantis. Who was it? It was Abbott, Abbott. that they bust all of the migrants to D.C. As they're coming off of the bus, they're not wearing masks. Well, and that's the thing. And it, it, it's, you know, there's a long tradition in the United States, not only of allowing in immigrants, you know, uh, people like me and, and Casamitidis came in here, right? But meanwhile, we came in legally. But you know what? Our families were also screened for diseases when they came in, and that's a key thing. They famously sent a lot of people back who they thought might have tuberculosis. So it's correct for any country to be doing that. That's not a political thing. That's a medical thing. 
And I think that the use of Title 42 during the heart of the pandemic saved a lot of lives, actually, even though it was a political hotbed. And I don't see removing it at this point. That's the one mandate I probably would keep in place. The others are problematic because they've had a lot of resistance. There's a lot of noncompliance. There's people wearing masks half off on planes, people that are extending their meals they're eating for hours so that they don't have to wear them at all. Where's the public health uh, measure that, that shows any sense or consistency there? And Dr. Siegel, where is the public health crisis regarding drug overdoses? I saw the CDC said we have another high. I, last year they were predicting, what they say, 100, over 100,000? I think that's underreported. Why, why are well, we not... Well, with the sound- fentanyl, the, the DEA agent that we had on uh, uh, a couple, couple weeks ago, George, what Derek, was his name? Derek Maltz. Derek Maltz. Derek Maltz. And uh, he says 100,000 Americans were poisoned, killed, whatever you want to call it. From that Mexican Chinese, at we keep hearing about George. You just yeah. said it. Famous people that are overdosing. That yeah. you're like over one hit. Uh, Doctor Siegel, are you hearing the same thing about just you how are abs- you yeah. are absolutely right, Lydia? And everything that was just said, you are. Uh, it is underreported. It's an enormous problem. Fentanyl, most of which is manufactured in China, makes its way to Mexico. It's fifty to a hundred times more powerful than morphine is. It comes in through the southern border. It, it's leaked onto other other illicit drugs like cocaine, where people think they're getting cocaine and they're getting fentanyl, and they stop breathing. We don't have the antidote, naloxone or Narcan, av- readily available. It's not out there. We don't have the emergency personnel on the streets that we had. That got scaled back during the pandemic. We don't have the mental health workers we need to handle the substance abuse crisis. All of this tracing back to the idea that people got very depressed from the lack of mobility. You know, none of that was looked at. Remote learning, all of this fed into substance abuse. Curtis, so how bad is enormous, it in the streets? enormous tip of the iceberg here you're Cur- talking about. Curtis, how bad is it in the streets? Oh, it's very bad, but you got to understand, a drug user wants fentanyl because it's a bigger high. So they'll actually go to their dealers and say, do you have fentanyl? Do you have cocaine-laced fentanyl, drugs laced with fentanyl? When I was recovering from chronic Crohn's disease, I was on fentanyl. And I was on morphine when I got shot five times with hollow-point bullets. When Margo, fentanyl is a stronger when, painkiller when Margo, than morphine. When Margot got released after her back operation, they gave her fentanyl. Yeah. And Judge yeah, Weinberg, know. Judge Weinberg, you, you had to court. On Fifty uh, Fourth Street. Well, I had two courts. I had the uh, Midtown Community Court, where we had drug programs, and more, and more significantly, I had the Special Narcotics Court for the whole for the whole city. And there's a real crisis. And as Dr. Siegel knows, part of the problem is you have this connection between uh, homelessness and and drug addiction, and that we do not have enough centers and hospitals to cure and take care of of the people. And you couldn't get them into uh, get them into programs, which is why. Dr. Siegel, I'd like your thoughts on it. I think we have to use Rikers in an intelligent way and start using that as hospital centers to get treatment for these folks and to give them housing there rather than keeping them in the neighborhoods. What think you? You know, that's a terrific idea, Judge. It actually is going on in Rhode Island. It's not as much theoretical as you think. The Rhode Island prison system is terrific. It's geared towards substance abuse. It's geared towards using using prisons as a place to reform and it's working in rhode island now it's a different it's a different uh, socioeconomic situation but i'm incredibly impressed with it and it's also combined with the medical center at brown i, I think we could involve medical schools and involve i mean there's 
under-teaching of this problem in medical schools. We need to use more suboxone or buprenorphine, which is, a, which is a, an opioid antagonist. To Curtis's point, he made a great point that I've never even heard before. It's not just my point that people are being fooled and getting fentanyl. There's also a use for it. This drug was actually created for cancer treatment, and it, and it, and it is so powerful that actually drug seekers are also looking for it. But then it also, the biggest problem is people that get it that they don't know they're getting it. They think they're getting something else. Yeah, they'll give you a fentanyl patch that can take the pain away. Uh, it's just you have to follow the way it's prescribed. And the problem is, doctor, as you know, people end up self-medicating beyond what the prescription is, and then that's when they develop a habit. And it's very easy to develop a habit towards fentanyl. I can tell you, it you don't feel any pain. And so naturally, you're feeling really good, and other drug addicts will say, yeah, I felt really great. Where can I get that stuff? And that's why it's such a popular drug. And these people, they, they're slowly committing suicide on the streets to begin with. They don't care if they don't wake up again. But nobody's talking about that. Nobody, they don't care. They'd rather see them decay on the streets than get them the help they need. Why not build a hospital on Rikers? Like John said, why not have a tent hospital? Healthcare workers, get them the substance abuse that they need, the follow-up care. You can't just... And you know what? Sometimes, Dr. Siegel, you can probably attest to it. Sometimes people need to get into this in order to get the help they need. They need to be they need to hit that rock bottom. You know, that's something that we've had some experience with in New York in a positive way. You know how the the Los Angeles and San Francisco situations regarding homelessness are just horrible. And we we have a homelessness problem here. The reason it isn't as bad as it is in California is because we built the shelter system. And when the shelter system was built, and the Bellevue shelter is a great example of that, everyone said it wouldn't work. It's not going to get people off the street. There's an ingrained culture that can't be touched. People want to freeze in a cardboard box on 24th Street. Actually, no. If you if you this is your point, Lydia. If you build the services, people will come. And if the word gets out that it's not hostile to you, but it's more warming and you, warm, more welcoming, and you can get a warm bed or a cot and a, and a hot meal, people will come. Word of mouth spreads. We need to do that with substance abuse, absolutely. But you also have, doctor, you also have the whole issue of, uh, of the mentally ill on the streets as well. And a lot of those folks don't realize or won't accept uh, that they need help. And that's a big problem, too. You remember the Billy Boggs situation during Ed Koch's mayoralty? Where everybody said she had a constitutional right to live on the streets? Yeah, that, well, at least one-third of all people living on the streets have, have chronic mental illness like schizophrenia, and that, that, that is an enormous problem. In, in California, you add to that the people that are out of work or the people that are out of housing, <laughs> and, and it, it becomes an absolutely snowballing problem. But to your point, we can't get the homelessness problem truly addressed until we treat the mental illness. Thank you, Dr. Siegel, for calling in. And uh, it's always fun to talk to you. And you always uh, add a lot of uh, uh, good things to uh, to our uh, vocabulary. Discussion. Discussion. John, John Discussion. I understand you're getting a call from Hollywood next, so I don't know who's going to be doing this show next No, week. no, no. It's Good Friday. I'm getting a call from up above someplace. <laughs> <laughs> not, not too soon. Not no, too no, soon. No, 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 no. Don't scare me like that. Don't scare me like that. Come they're on. just checking out. Yeah. Just checking in. <laughs> what? Not no, checking out, out, checking in. Yeah. Checking, checking in, in, not checking out. Okay. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Dr. Siegel, and uh, very much. We'll, we'll catch up again soon. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thank you, and happy Passover. 
If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.